Welcome back, OTRs, to another episode of The Cutting Edge. Today, we're going to discuss the impact of water intake in the neonatal calf, the calf that's in that wet period, and its effect on overall growth performance, feed intake, health status, and nutrient digestibility. And I know many of us probably are fighting this battle out in the field with our producers to get them to offer free choice water. And this battle is becoming more and more mainstream as we start to look at the Farm 4.0 program. So the importance of the study that we're going to talk about today is some of the positive attributes of getting water to these calves from day zero on instead of delaying, which is what many producers do. Things like increased milk intake, increased digestibility, better long-term growth, potential for more milk later in life. All of those types of things well beyond the classic perception of increased starter intake as well. So stay tuned today, OTOers, as we discuss the importance of providing water from day zero all the way through the neonatal wet calf period. So the real challenge is, how do veterinarians like us, who don't have the time, resources, or financial backing of a multi-million dollar company, who are faced with irregular work schedules, on calls, and emergencies. How can we facilitate our own personal and professional growth so we can continue to offer superior service to our clients while still remaining competitive in today's market? That is the challenge, and this podcast will provide you the roadmap to its solution. I'm your host, Dr. Eric, and welcome to Operators to Owners. Welcome back, OTRs. Today's Cutting Edge episode is going to focus on an article titled Drinking Water Intake of Newborn Dairy Calves and Its Effect on Feed Intake, Growth Performance, Health Status, and Nutrient Digestibility. You can find a copy of the full article or a link to it within the description in this podcast or within the episode notes. It was published in 2018 in the Journal of Dairy Science. The research was done and I'm going to butcher these names. The research was done by Wick Rameshi, Kramer, and Apuhami out of Iowa State University. And the author's objective was to examine water and feed intake, growth performance, health status, and nutrient digestibility of Holstein heifer calves offered drinking water from birth as compared with those offered it at 17 days of age. And this was comparing these calves on a high plane of nutrition. So before we get rolling right into the study, let's again revisit the background information that we always talk about that the authors present in the introduction of the article. Now, there's about eight points in this article. The first being Reed in 1955 found that water makes up about 80% of the newborn Holstein heifer calves body weight, but it's actually replaced as fat as that calf grows. So by 40 days of age, the calf is made up of about 70% water, and this was found and reinforced by Seeking and Heros in 1968. But this 70% is still 10% higher than what we find as a water content makeup in the mature cow. The significant portion of the neonatal calf's body weight is actually made up of water. So it's clearly an important nutrient for that animal. Now, drinking water accounts for about 82% of the mature cow's water intake, as found by Apuhami in 2014, but accounts for less than 20% of the calf's intake 
according to Thomas in 2007. So clearly calves are much more reliant upon the water intake from the wet diet or the milk or milk replacer that they're being supplemented with or fed with. The USDA in 2016 found that on average, U.S. producers wait approximately 17 days before they first offer drinking water to newborns. Gortado in 2002 found that offering water reduced overall milk refusals within veal calves when they were fed. A now famous study by Kertz in 1984, which forms the foundation for us offering water to increase starter intake, actually found that water, when it was offered to calves, increased starter intake by 30%. And these were found in calves that were offered a low plane of nutrition, so a low milk replacer diet. And this was versus calves that weren't offered any water until 28 days of age. So it's a little bit of a dated study. And in the thoughts section, we'll talk a little bit about the implications of the study and how things might have changed in terms of management since then. Gorvello in 2017 found that water ingested by the neonatal calf is actually not shunted directly to the abomasum, much like milk or milk replacer would be, but instead ingested water is actually introduced into the developing rumen. This will become more important later when we talk physiology. And Rogers in 1982 and Fraley in 2015 found that mature cows with higher free water intakes expressed lower proportions of butyrate and propionate in the rumen, as well as higher passage rates of feed through the rumen and through the GI tract. And again, this is an important background fact before we get to the thoughts and interpreting the results section. So short introduction into how they conducted this study. Their study was done August through December of 2017. It involved 30 heifers, which were paired upon birth based on the parity of the dam and body weight. These animals were then all housed in individual pens and fed individually. They were fed in basically three increments. The first increment was the first two weeks of age, at which time they got fed two kigs of pasteurized milk three times a day. Then from day 14 to day 42, they were fed 3.2 kigs three times a day of pasteurized milk. And then finally, from day 42 to day 49, they had a step-down weaning process where they were fed that 3.2 kigs again, but only once per day. Starter was continuously offered through the entire period, and as intakes rose, the people who were feeding these calves starter in increased the starter available to these calves by about 10% of their intake per day. The calves were then randomized once they were selected into two groups, and the groups were titled W0 and W17. Pretty self-explanatory, but W0 calves received water from day zero. W17 calves were calves that received water at 17 days of age. Now, this is a pretty intensive study. They were pretty thorough in what they're actually going to monitor with this study based upon previous research. They monitored 13 different parameters in this study and then tracked these over the first 70 days of life for these calves. These parameters included drinking water intake, starter intake, milk intake, ambient temperature, fecal consistency, body weight, hip height, hip width, heart girth, body length, hematocrit, haptoglobin, and fecal outputs on days 69 and 70, which were then broken down further into digestibility studies. So theoretically, there's your 14th point. In a change from our traditional cutting edge presentation, 
I'm going to be eliminating the results section and instead get more directly into the conclusions and the thoughts in order to facilitate this podcast going a little bit faster and getting to the juicy bits a little bit faster for you guys as well. So the conclusions the authors found in this study, there were seven major conclusions. And these are seven major conclusions that can have a significant impact on how we practice medicine or educate and train our producers. The first conclusion was that Holstein heifer calves offered free choice water in the first two weeks of age, drank an average of about 0.75 kigs or one-fifth of a gallon per day in that time period. The second finding was that Holstein heifer calves introduced to water after two weeks of age. So those W17 calves drank about 59% more water during the remaining wet to weaning period than calves offered water previously. So those calves that W17 calves drank 59% more water from day 17 to day 49 versus the W0 calves from day 17 to day 49. Third major conclusion, calves that received free choice drinking water from birth or W0 calves drank about 300 grams or 0.08 gallons or about 3% more milk per day and tended to achieve greater body weights and overall heart girths pre-weaning. Sixth conclusion was calves receiving free access to free choice drinking water from birth or W0 calves had greater apparent total digestibility of NDF and ADF, as well as improved feed efficiency, body weight, hip height, and body length post-weaning. Fifth major conclusion, the age at water offering, so W0 or W17, did not affect starter intake, severity, or duration of diarrhea, and it had no effect on general health status of the calves. The sixth conclusion they came up with was regardless of age of offered water, so W0 or W17, calves fed this higher volume of milk, again, six to nine kigs per day, had lower starter intakes and showed a significant decline in average daily gain during the weaning period. And finally, the last conclusion, when offered water from birth, the neonatal calf can potentially improve its growth performance pre and post weaning, possibly through a positive effect on rumen development and an increase in overall nutrient efficiency. So with those conclusions stated, let's get into some really interesting thoughts. This was a, a very stimulating study to me. For years, we've kind of been pushing free choice water to our calves. And I'll be honest, one of my big talking points was keep them hydrated so they get through diarrhea better get that starter intake up by giving them free choice water, they'll sit there and wait for it and those types of things. However, this study almost turns it on its head. And while I was making the correct argument, I was giving the incorrect reasons. So let's delve into some of the thoughts that I had and some of the thoughts the author had based on this research. First of all, the author noted that producers appear to be hesitant to offer water to newborn calves because they were under the assumption it would cause diarrhea based on anecdotal evidence or lack of scientific evidence of the benefit to newborn calves. And I think that this study does a good job of putting those types of arguments to rest and the information included within it be a great arguing or discussion point with your clients. The authors also noted that the majority of producers seem to think that the neonatal calf unit receive, receives more than enough water or adequate water 
through the milk replacer or pasteurized milk or whole milk ration alone to maintain their total water levels. Now, given the evaporative, metabolic, and waste amounts of water, I think it's unreasonable to assume this when more than 70% of the animal is made up of water. And in this study, calves were actually found to require a water intake of around 6.2 kgs of water per day from days one to day 14 of age. So if we assume that 87% of milk is water, and this is based on some Winchester Morris research from um, 1956, then calves are only fed, let's say five kgs of milk a day, if they're only getting five kgs of milk a day, are only receiving about 70% of their metabolic water requirement. So this further reduces their ability to undergo life-altering early metabolic and developmental processes. This is without considering the effect of the low plane in nutrition. So if we have got calves without access to water and with a low plane in nutrition, we're holding them back doubly because of the lack of water for these basic processes and the lack of energy to develop. Another thought that I had on this is there's the, the famous study that many of us referenced by Kurtz in 1984 that showed that 30% increase in stutter intakes when calves were offered water from birth, but versus calves that were offered water at 28 days of age may have been driven a little bit because of the low plane nutrition that these calves in that study were offered. They were only given about 3.8 kgs per day of milk replacer, which we now know as a fact low planning nutrition calves generally increase their starter intakes and tend to maintain average daily gains for that weaning period a little bit more aggressively than high planning nutrition calves. So that study is a little bit skewed. That study also found that neonatal water intake was much higher in calves on average um, than this study, but that again could be due to the calf just seeking to reach its minimal water requirement on this low milk volume ration. So they're just looking to supplement the water that they should be getting through milk instead with additional external water sources. I think this is why a study like this needed to be revisited using more modern production models, things such as higher planes of nutrition, average wet periods, new understanding of neonatal welfare, those types of things. Now, Based on the previous study that we mentioned from the introduction or, or the, the backed facts we basically talked about from Govell in 2017, which showed that water ingested in the neonatal calf is not shunted directly to the abomasum like milk is, but is instead introduced into the developing rumen. The author postulated that the free water intake in the neonatal—easy neonat <laughs> for me to say—neonatal calf may not so much be a bodily requirement for for maintenance, but instead may be more important to the developing rumen. Thus, they think that the estimated 6.2 kgs of water you need in that zero to 14 day range, and the the eight kgs per day in that 14 to 42 day range that they found may actually represent the minimum water required for ideal room development as well as ideal health and metabolic requirements. That's to say that there is a minimum requirement from the calf, from the metabolic process in the calf, and from the rumen to get to ideal developmental stages. Now, some might suggest that the 59% 
increase in water catch-up that we saw in those W17 calves or those calves offered water at 17 would be adequate to replace this. But I think some of that has to do with timing as well as volume. So these calves can be could be exhibiting uh, a similar catch-up phase that we see in the low plane of nutrition calves that we get when we feed very low volumes of milk replacer or whole milk. And then they start to increase starter intake and those calves tend to grow a little bit more aggressively in the post-weaning period. I think that this, this speed up of water intake, this 59% increase, could be a similar catch-up event. And if that's the case, these calves, much like the low plane of nutrition calves, may appear normal relative to their other counterparts within the industry or, or within even their own herd. But they may have already suffered long-term production effects based on their previously deprived or water-deprived or caloric-deprived states. Now, there's a lot of physiology that comes out of this study, and we'll get into that right now, that discusses the impact of the extra volume and why it might not be uh, adequate in this catch-up phase. The author noted that if you account for the Rogers and Fraley studies that we mentioned again in the beginning of this podcast, when we saw higher free water intakes, we saw lower proportions of butyrate and propionate in, in mature cows, as well as higher passage rates. These two compounds have been found to be key drivers of rumen morphology and metabolism in the developing rumen. And that suggests that increases in water intake, such as seen in those W17 calves, especially rapid ones like that, might actually adversely impact rumen growth at a critical developmental time. And this was largely reinforced by the findings in the study of greater overall ADF digestibility and the tendency towards greater NDF digestibility. And given that the rumen accounts for a large majority of the ADF and NDF digestibility, we can reasonably assume water affects the rumen in some way. And the author postulated that water may affect, or the volume or the timing of the water may affect the rumen pH, the development of the microbiome in the actual rumen, or passage rates or a combination of all of these events, which then would impact the VFA distribution and how things are actually digested and developed within the rumen itself. And this was reinforced by multiple different human and mature cow studies when they were looking at the development of the GI tract. Now, considering this revelation, I guess my concern is that We've been pushing this free choice water card a long time to calves to kind of help with hydration or starter intakes. But many producers, and I know many of mine, may have only been following through about halfway by providing water only after starter intakes begin or only after maybe that average 17-day period. And this may have actually been doing more harm than good. So I think we might need to be a little bit more clear when water availability needs to start not just that it needs to happen at some point. I think interestingly, again, I'll personally need to alter my thoughts on how free choice water can help in scours events or just an overall starter intake. I still believe that there is the potential to avoid osmotic type event scours or mixing slash nutritional scours events using that free choice water, but perhaps it doesn't have as much or even any effect in the face of true pathogenic scours and helping with its resolution. 
Now, the other interesting study, and this is kind of a side parameter in this study, was they monitored ambient temperature in these calves, and they found that ambient temperature had a significant impact on free water intake. So for every degree centigrade increase within that thermal neutral zone of the calf, the increases in water intake were about 1 15th of a gallon during the pre and post weaning period and up to 1 7th of a gallon during the weaning period. And this just shows how critical it is that we account for the changes in temperature, especially during these high stress periods periods when we're weaning them down, or um, especially during, you know, heat stress periods as well, that water intake can almost double during these periods of change. And this suggests, you know, just if we're going to think about the data and the stage in the data, that if we see a 10, 10 degree temperature swing for these calves, our weaned calves at the very high end might consume as much as one more liter of water per day than normal. So that's something to keep in mind that's really important. The final thing that I want to talk about is the increased milk consumption. And we found, or we, they found in this study that W0 calves tended to increase milk consumption by about 300 grams. And this increased body weights at weaning, despite being no average, not having any average daily gains difference, no statistical significance in that category. Now, this increased milk consumption and the positive effect in weight and overall potential was reinforced by the heart girth scores that these researchers took, which have been previously correlated with body weight scores in other studies, as well as body size scores. And again, that was reinforced. The body weight score correlation with heart girth was reinforced in the study as well. And this is consistent, again, with research that was done by Heinrichs in 2017 that found that heart girth scores correlated with body weight in pre-weaned calves. And again, W0 calves tended to have greater heart girth scores than W17 calves, while they displayed no difference in pre-weaning body length, hip height, or hip girth. However, again, the increased heart girth suggest improved potential for growth, which is then actually displayed in post weaning W0 calves, which didn't show again improvements in average daily gain, but did have significantly greater hip heights and body lengths, aka better structural growth. And this structural growth has been tied in by uh, Vandersort in 2016 to show that if you break animals down into small structure, medium structure, and large structure, animals with large structure frames tend to produce approximately 4.2 kgs per day or 9 pounds more milk per day than smaller framed animals. So providing water, free choice water, while it may not have an impact on starter intakes, it may not have an impact on diarrhea, it does have a significant impact on heart girth, which then determines animal size and frame stature, which can have a significant impact on overall milk production. So overall, again, that's why we need to be kind of be pushing this um, in terms of improving animal efficiency from a feed efficiency standpoint, setting up the rumen for more production, setting them up to be more residual or more structurally correct animals 
is really important. So we need to push that water from day zero. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoy, hope you enjoyed the shorter form of this podcast. Please give me feedback below. I'd love to hear uh, what you guys are doing in practice related to water intakes. I know COVID's going on, but that doesn't mean we can't stop trying to push our producers to evolve and push themselves forward as well. So thanks for listening today, OTRs, and carry on. If you like this content and want more, you can stop by the Operators Owners website at otovets.com. There you can sign up for our community at otovets.com forward slash Facebook. You can also consume some of our original content at the blog at otovets.com forward slash blog. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll catch you next time, OTRs.